Hi, high fivers. I'm Stephanie, ambassador of fun, and welcome to High Five to That, a podcast all about celebrating fun stories, adventures, or just anything that'll have you saying high five to that. And today we have April. She's back on the show. It's really Hi. good to have you back. <laughs> I feel you. like you were here, like, uh, I don't know, like when I first started doing podcasts, yeah. right? Yeah, it was like a long time ago. Through four years? Yeah, that was a good episode. <laughs> it was. So it's good to have you back. Thank you. Um, you have so many cool things that you've done since then. I mean, you were doing super cool stuff back then too, but it's kind of cool to come back and see what you're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but before we do that, I do want to talk a little bit about your background in baking and so on. Oh, So yeah. you have a, a degree. Yeah. I went to um, San Diego Culinary Institute for baking and pastry um from gosh so many years ago and I was a pastry chef and I worked in hotels and then then I've worked in bakeries and I did that for a long time many years 10 years maybe more Mm -hmm. so that was like my real job yeah and now what you're doing now is pottery which Mm -hmm. is what I want to get into as well but I feel like it kind of carries over, right? Some of the skills. A lot I mean, of even though skill, we're not eating these no, things. A lot <laughs> of the skills are transferable from being in the kitchen to being a potter. Absolutely. So when you were ready to retire from the culinary field, mm-hmm. how did you find pottery as the next thing? Or was it not the next thing? Was it something else um, before that? Well, yeah, no. When I was, I was um, baking in... While I was baking, I also found pottery by uh, Instagram reels, I guess. I would just be, I, I'm a maker, so I make things. I've sewed and, you know, make lots of crafts. And it was just like on my feed, someone making miniature pottery, mm-hmm. like teeny tiny things. And I was like, oh, I have to try that. <laughs> so that's where my, that's the first exposure to pottery was miniature pottery. Yeah, I love miniatures and I'm looking at yours right now like I love everything that's like tiny yeah so to me that seems like it's harder it um I don't I don't know because honestly that was my starting point okay because I, pottery seemed so like you need to go to a studio you have to go to classes and I'm kind of I'm not an introvert but I like to do things on my own mm-hmm. um so when I saw someone have a tiny wheel where they could do things in their bedroom or garage or whatever I was like I could try that so that's where I started it and then of course it snowballed into now I'm full-fledged giant pottery wheel and it's become its huge thing yeah what was like the the point where you were like let me go full force into this thing because I know that it probably is a bit expensive right to buy all of the supplies is very expensive yeah pottery is a very expensive art form that's why they do go to studios because you don't have five thousand dollars to buy a wheel Mm -hmm. you don't have ten thousand dollars to invest into a kiln and the studio tools um so yeah I, i bought a very inexpensive tiny pottery wheel which was really really good for me and we live in san diego where we actually have a a pottery supply, like, I didn't realize that not every city has a pottery supply store. Like, I have an actual warehouse here close to me. Oh, wow, that's cool. So I'm lucky that I was like, oh, I could just wander into the store and ask them for help. Um, 
So yeah, so sorry, what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is just to recap just a little bit. So you, when you first wanted to jump into this field, you went to a studio to try it out first. No, actually, I've never been to a studio. Oh. That's kind of one of the reasons I have imposter syndrome like everyone else. I've never taken a class. I've never. Wait, you've never taken, you make these things, you've never taken a class? I am a internet baby. I learned everything on YouTube. I've joined so many Facebook groups, and I know I don't love Facebook, but... A lot of old people do. And a lot of... (laughs) I belong to these Facebook groups full of older artists, pottery, um, older potters, and they are willing to share with you their knowledge. Oh, that's really cool. So one of the reasons why, like, people gatekeep a lot, because, you know, you come up with your own technique, Mm -hmm. you come up with your own glazes, and you don't want anyone to steal those things. But I've learned so much by people who are willing to share Mm-hmm. their information so that's why whenever anybody says oh my gosh it's such a pretty mm-hmm. color what is it I absolutely tell them what it is because people helped me mm-hmm. get to this spot without having to go to a studio learn from a teacher go to college to learn pottery I didn't have to do any of that yeah and you know what I feel like more now than ever it's easier to learn what you want to learn mm-hmm. through YouTube or just online. There's so many resources now, and I feel like it's just as valid as, you know, going in one-on-one. And especially, like, you know, when we were during the pandemic and you couldn't go one-on-one. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like a lot of people found stuff during that time and found that, oh, yeah, I can learn. Yeah. And especially with pottery, it's very important because a lot of it can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, The dust is dangerous. The chemicals you use are dangerous. Kilns are dangerous. And so if you don't have... Proper training, like I didn't, you could actually hurt yourself, but I am not, I'm not OCD, but I am very, like I deep dive deep into everything before I do it. So I learned a lot. And luckily those people were there to be like, hey, make sure you don't sweep up dust and breathe that in because that is, can be very dangerous over long periods of time. No, that's good to know. So what are, if someone is going to try this on their own, Mm -hmm. what are some safety things that you have to keep in mind? Safety things is, well, dust is actually one of the most um, dangerous. It has silica in super fine particles. So what I do before I start pottery or working in my uh, station, I take a water bottle and I just spray everything down. Keeps it heavy so dust doesn't get kicked up. You don't sweep around. That keeps the dust down. Um, People grind. Sometimes you have to grind the bottom of your mugs or whatever and you Mm got to wear masks proper vents proper masks over your face when you fire kilns um they you know let off gas so you have to have proper vents like don't do it in enclosed rooms um those are i think the top things i like to wear safety gear because when i glaze because those those are chemicals and if you get a splash of glaze in your eye that could be a real problem oh wow so it's just like little things that i've learned from a lot of people online to keep me safe. So, yeah. Now, that's totally good to know because I didn't know any of that. I'm just used to the extent to my <laughs> ability is yeah. like going to one of those cafes yeah, right. and painting the exactly. thing and then just leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't know about all that. Also, when I think back to movies where they do pottery, they never show that 
stuff. No. I guess it's That's not. That's not aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I guess it's, but it's important. Yes. It's important. <laughs> it's true. Um, that makes me think of the flight of the Concords where they're like recycling. <laughs> it's important, you know, for business time. But um, <laughs> but yeah, because I'm like, I'm thinking of a ghost. And I'm also thinking of Howard the Duck. Because didn't she make like a bunch of oh. pottery? That movie scared me, and so I don't. I'm not surprised that I don't remember a lot. I was scared of that movie too because that guy from Zoobly Zoo was like evil. Oh gosh! And he was like possessed by an alien. I know, going off on a tangent, but like (laughs) that was spooky. But I think the thing that I loved the most was that. Oh man, what was her name? Leah Thompson. Yes, she like made plates. I don't know if she made plates. This is my little kid memories. I've never saw this movie as an adult, but I just thought that that was so cool. But enough about that movie. Um, <laughs> so teachers, you were saying that there was videos that you also watched as well, right? So you yes. you found a Facebook group mm-hmm. and then you watched some videos. What kind of teachers would you recommend if people are starting out? There, well, I, you know, I found a lot of old men <laughs> who were teaching <laughs> on YouTube and that was fine. But I actually had learned a lot from... Um, Michelle Wen is an artist. She is a Asian po- young potter who has also, she, I think she had proper schooling and she does videos on how to, you know, properly center your clay and pull it up and make cool things. Um, so I learned a lot from her. Um, and sorry, but yeah, it really is just a Google search and y- you find you know, you find some artists and you kind of zoom in on them and you learn everything and you get what you can from them. But then your art evolves and then you hop on to someone else who does something completely different. And like seeing so many different artists do their thing kind of creates what you do. Like you pick and choose from each person like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. And then you make your own thing. Okay. Well, and what was the piece that was the hardest to do? Um, once you had those skills down and you're like, oh, I'm going to tackle this next. Honestly, the hardest thing is, um, the most basic things, because if you aren't centering your clay, right, which is just getting the ball of clay centered, Mm -hmm. (laughs) nothing's going to work, right? It's going to be wobbly. It's going to make your life difficult. So the hardest thing is the simplest working slowly because lots of people want to do things fast. Because you see these videos, and they're all sped up so that you can see, like, how f- cool the process is. So when you're starting, you're like, oh, cool, look how fast that is. So you want to do things fast, like these potters who have been doing this for 20 years plus. So the hardest thing is to go slow at your own pace before you can move to the next step. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean, because it's really cool to see something made quickly but if if you're just starting out it's going to take a little while to get there yeah you're like why isn't this working i'm doing what they're doing but you're not actually you really have to get the most basic steps down before you can get to that level so when you were practicing with clay you would just try to make like a cup or a bowl and then try it again try it again kind of thing yeah absolutely and honestly and it's so weird like some days you bang out 30 little cups and you're like, whoa, that was so cool. I'm getting so great. And then the next day, like you honestly can't 
even get one like wobbly and you're like uh, <laughs> my life's over like this is it <laughs> I guess I'm done I give up um but there's so many different factors also with clay it's like oh is it the perfect moisture level because if it's not if you're working with really dry clay your life's going to be way harder if it's super wet forget about it you it has to everything has to patience is the biggest thing I've learned from pottery you have to have patience because if you don't you're just everything every step will be harder than harder until and then and to not get attached to anything like I have a cup here that I love it's so cute but it's not even dried yet or that is cute and it's not even glazed yet so you can't get attached to anything until it's finally done and in your hands and on the shelf (laughs) because they can explode it can crack it can break like Mm -hmm. so you have to just be like okay I guess it just it just wasn't meant to be and now you make big sized things like that's a normal sized cup mm, yeah those two those are normal ish size I mean they're still kind of on a smaller like if you're at a like how did you work up to that because th- those over there mm-hmm. nobody's seen what we're saying Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll put a picture or something but those other items and those little teeny pictures for mm-hmm. like a mouse like yeah. those are so small like how did you because you nailed it you got that down but how do you do it on a bigger scale um honestly it is just more clay and it it is I I think it's harder to work bigger I know a lot of people think the other way around it's just because they learn the other way around most people Mm -hmm. start studio when you're making you know a mug I just started with smaller amounts of clay and it's um what I know so making getting it to get that size but just a normal size mug was very difficult for me um I have a normal size pottery wheel now I graduated from a mini wheel to a a big wheel um but also but I still have a small kiln so I can't actually make giant things so that's Mm -hmm. why I have those sizes um so yeah it's all the same technique it's just that's why it's important to go slow and learn the basics. Because once you have the basics down, you can do anything, mm-hmm. any size. You just need to, you know, get those fundamentals. And the decorations, like, for example, the one with the mushrooms. What, how, like, what, how did you get that on there? Yeah, so this is, these are overglazed um, decals. So this is another artist who made this art. And yes. she sells them on sh- in sheets. And it's just for pottery. And it's specifically for pottery. And what's overglaze versus underglaze? What's the difference? So an underglaze would be um, if I were... It's something that you would put on greenware or bisqueware. Okay. You put that on and then you fire it so that is... It can go underglaze. Sometimes I put it... <laughs> it's so confusing. Sometimes I put it on top of the glaze but it's just so that the glaze and the underglaze can react and you can see them it goes through the glaze overglaze so that so overglaze would be something once it's fired then you would put it on top of your glazed finished piece mm-hmm. and then fire it again mm-hmm. to get an overglaze um like this luster is a mother of pearl luster so first i glazed the cauldron black mm-hmm. and then i put this overglazed luster mother of pearl and then i fired it again wait it's called luster luster oh (laughs) my husband's name is luster i was like what is he doing what does he do what is 
you're doing your pot. <laughs> no. So yeah, I, I would have a, a, a glaze and then I would put a overglaze. So something to make it uh, shiny and pretty. Mm-hmm. Or they have gold luster, which is like the 24 karat gold accents you'll see on pottery. But that requires another firing at a lower temperature, but it g- adheres it to the piece permanently. So how many times do you have to fire a piece? Okay, so it depends. I personally, because I have my own, quote, studio <laughs> in my garage, I am, um, I know I said pottery requires patience. I am impatient. So I do a single firing. So from here, I will glaze it, and I will just fire it to completion, and that would create a finished piece. Well, they look good. Um, but then if I wanted to do any fancy stuff, I would that would require a second on a second firing but most people do three firing two firings at least okay yeah uh another question i have is hands and muscles Mm. so because it's wet wet sand basically not sand but like wet clay does that does that beat up your hands actually yes um I'm not there yet, but I know there are potters who do not have fingerprints. Like, they don't. Whoa, they, that's they, scary. They, like, can't unlock their phone with the thing. <laughs> they, um, yeah, they, it's, it depends also on your clay. Like, I use pretty soft clay, but there's clay with grog, which is sand, in mixed in. So, and it can be rough. Like, this specific one is called a speckled, speckled buff. And it's rough. You can feel it. And yeah. that is... Um, it doesn't feel like that when you're throwing with it, but it is little grains of sand that are constantly on your hands. In fact, this last week, I was making so many these little match dressers. really cute. And afterwards, a couple hours later, I was like, my fingers are burning. I was like, <laughs> what is that? And I think it was just the constant, because I've been trying to get ready for this craft fair, constant rubbing on my fingertips that I didn't even realize so I was even just thinking like um maybe I'll try wearing some rubber gloves like some like white ones for the next few months because I'm really wrapping up my work yeah so you wear special gloves while you're making pottery I was I was thinking of it I actually do have like I have these little rubber attachments I use because you know your nail rubbing against the pottery the wheel head can cause like it causes your nails to get filed because you're literally it's really mm-hmm. rough work so yeah I was thinking I was thinking of using protection for the next couple months especially since I'm working a lot on it lately yeah because like how do you heal that do you just put lots of lotion afterwards or yeah like, some like kind of ointment or? dry skin is also just something that happens with pottery so yeah lots of lathering and what about like mus- muscles because like you're yeah. like hunched over so, right yeah that, that is, position sounds like it. a lot of potters do sit down at the wheel mm-hmm. i personally have a standing table i've lifted mm. i lifted everything up so i'm not you still kind of crouch over but it's not as um harsh on the body but yeah and i was a baker too so for so many years i had to be careful for carpal tunnel because mm-hmm. you're doing the same motions over and over and over again so you have to definitely stretch your muscles stretch your hands take breaks stretch every what is it 15 minutes mm-hmm. so yeah all of that applies safety first and you're mentioning the craft fair so if you're in the san diego area i'll put a link to the website i guess yeah yeah tree of life right yeah okay so i'll have that in the show notes um one question i want to ask before we wrap up is 
self-care when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. So what are some self-care practices that you have? Self-care. So, yeah, after working, because you, you're making a lot. So, yeah, I mean, like I was saying, you know, making sure to take care of your your hands and your carpal tunnel or any of those stress injuries that could happen. But I think the most self-care thing I do as far as pottery is um, mental self-care as far as not comparing your work to other artists mm. or people who are doing really amazing and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm a piece of trash and I haven't done as much as other people. Um, I think that is really important just to be like, oh yeah, I'm an artist and I'm doing my own thing and what I do is great and how much I can do is perfect and that's, that's it. So I think that's the most important for me. No, that is a good piece of advice just in general because like sometimes people, like you were saying, get imposter syndrome. But if you're doing the thing, then you are a doer of that thing. Yeah. Like when I first started having an Instagram, you know, something you don't realize is when you start a business now you're on Instagram, not only are you having your business, but you have to be a professional product photographer and mm-hmm. marketer and you do all the things that most people don't even think about. And I started and I was starting at the same time as this other person. She was also really amazing. She had really cute stuff. And I would notice her her account kept growing. Her followers were growing substantially. Mm-hmm. And I still had a very small. And then so at, at first I really, I was like, wow, what am I doing wrong? And what is she doing right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's about that. It's just you need to focus on yourself because if you focus on other artists, that'll really get in your head and mess you up in other ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all good advice. Well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Um, uh, shout outs. So um, who would you like to shout out? Well, it doesn't have to be a person. It could be like a thing or a food, anything. I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out a person okay. and a thing. My friend Diana. Yeah. She's actually in charge of the craft fair. Yeah. She's one of the reasons, the reason why I make all the things and I sell all the things. And I love her so much. Um, so yeah, I'm shouting out Diana Tree of Life and her craft fair that's coming up in November. I want to shout out actually the Barbie movie because I know by now I feel like everybody's yeah. pretty much have seen it at least <laughs> once. It was super fun. I had a great time. Um, yeah, that was fun and and enjoyable and it was heartfelt. It's basically like Pixar in a sense where it has <laughs> all the feels, yeah. but like with actual people. That was so fun. Um, but anyways, thanks again for coming back on the show and we'll have links to, we didn't even mention your storefront name, right? Yeah. My store name is, um, Mimsy May Ceramics and you can find me on Instagram. Yeah. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. If you have any suggestions of people, businesses, organizations that are doing high fiveable things, you could go ahead and send me a message on Instagram, or you can send me a message also on our Gmail. We have one at high five to that pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome and safe holiday.